You are listening to the Balancing Act podcast with Danny Euro. I'm a licensed mental health counselor based out of Miami, Florida. I use the ideas and principles of acceptance and commitment therapy to help individuals who find themselves struggling in various areas of their lives. Episode 12, The View Will Be Worth the Climb. Hey there, this is the Balancing Act Podcast. I am Danny and welcome. Uh, If this is your first time listening in, thank you so much for listening. Uh, And if you've been listening, thank you so much for continuing to listen and continuing to check in with us. Please share. Uh, It would be, it just, it's been really great to see feedback that we've been getting and we're slowly spreading with uh, the word out there. So that's good. So continue to do that. So like, subscribe, share, share the love. Um, as always, uh, feel free to email us at the balancing act podcast at gmail.com with any suggestions, questions, or ideas. Uh, we love it when the listeners uh, reach out to us. Uh, we try our best to, to reply. Also, you can find us on Instagram at the balancing act Miami. Please share photos and quotes through there. We appreciate, uh, the sharing there as well. Uh, and give us a follow and, and, and you can also d- direct messages through there if, you know, apparently, Instagram has become the, the the new texting. It seems like so you can you can mess you can direct messages through Instagram with any questions or suggestions as well. Our next episode, uh, barring setbacks with scheduling, will be our first act and films episode, which we are very excited. Uh, I know I know it's been a long time coming, but I think we finally have things lined up. We had some requests uh, for us to do an, a Star Wars episode um, to to help glean some of the acceptance and commitment therapy concepts that have been discussed on the podcast thus, um, thus far. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we also have some episodes coming up, which will be conversations with different professionals from different fields to explore the utility of psychological flexibility in their career paths. Uh, and those episodes will be called Act Professional. Uh, so be on the lookout uh, for those. Uh, look, we're looking to have uh, an episode with some creative thinkers, some commercial advertising uh, individuals, there's going to be a sports episode with a gentleman that does sports medicine uh, and, the, and trying to get inside the mind of an athlete. So looking forward to that. I think that's going to be um, fun as well as we try to diversify and, 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 and start um, attacking these concepts and from different angles and really learning the stuff and how, how we can apply them to our own lives. So a quick recap about where we've been recently before we move on ahead. Uh, last episode, we spoke about the ego and how, how it has tricked us into thinking that it runs the show. Now, ego uh, being defined as our thinking self, that list of judgments, uh, biases, expectations, um, and our observing self uh, is defined as that space of um, that's diffused from that thinking self, where we find ourselves when we are in a state of mindfulness, meditation, diffu- um, and diffusion. With our ego slash mind flipping the script and having us believe that the mind is used um, as a tool rather than the mind using our ego slash mind as the tool, um, we become inflexible. Um, It is a world driven by cognitive fusion. uh, Where your default is thoughts, judgments, expectations, fears, and biases. Uh, the other side of the coin is that the true design is that our being uses our mind. Our mind is a tool to be used at the disposal of our being. When, uh, when, when we make this our reality, we achieve more flexibility. Our being runs the show. It uses our mind. It uh, uses our ego when needed. Rather than the reverse. 
the last couple episode topics have been shuffled around a little bit. Uh, I went on vacation back in July, and uh, on that vacation, I, went, I was on a seven-day whitewater rafting trip down the Colorado River to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Absolutely amazing. It was emotional, it was physical, and it was absolutely spiritual. Uh, and I, I talked a, l- a little bit about it back in episode 10. And today's topic was actually what I was going to talk about back then in episode 10, but a last-minute change in, in content put this conversation on the back burner for a couple episodes. Uh, today, the conversation will be about the space between two dots, uh, which you math majors out there may call, you know, may call it a line, <laughs> the journey from here to there. My friend Rick, who a uh, former pastor of mine, who actually will be visiting pretty soon, uh, looking forward to that, Rick, um, he, um, I remember him doing a, 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 a service out talking about the, the dash between two dates, you know, the life between, you know, the, the year we're born and the year we die. He called it the dash in between. So that line between A and B, that dash, is also the to-do list to get the project done from inception to completion. The hours in the gym to get the targeted weight and body fat down, the hours and hours of guitar scales to nail down the guitar solos, the life we live to be the very best versions of ourselves. Today we are talking about the climb and the view at the end of the climb, and the truth that the climb will be worth the view. Sometimes the view will be worth the climb. Questions. How easily do you get overwhelmed by a long to-do list? How affected are you by big goals, big projects, large undertakings? Do you self-sabotage halfway through the process of getting something significant done? Like a project? Like a workout? Like an endeavor? A relationship? What kind of thoughts pop up to distract you from your goal? What kind of thoughts pop up to convince you to quit? To retreat? To escape the challenge? What feelings come up that prevent you from sticking to the plan? Sketching, hiking, and biking. Sketching. Uh, When I was going through the two-year process of getting my license in mental health counseling, I had weekly supervision meetings with a a mentor, a supervisor, I guess you... um, what her official title uh, uh there are weekly conversations to help me on my way to uh, you know there we would meet to talk about the kind of work i was doing uh, help me develop my craft gain more insight into into how i was approaching some cases because sometimes or a lot of times as therapists we have blind spots so the, so these meetings helped with that and just to learn better ways to handle cases etc uh, really great learning process um, during those two years i used a doctor who notebook um, cue the sonic screwdriver sound effect for you Whovians out there. Um, how many of you actually out there watch Doctor Who? I'm curious. But anyway, in that notebook, I did a whole mess of doodling. Um, there were probably as many cartoons as there were notes, but that wasn't because I wasn't paying attention. It's just kind of the way I kind of like tune in, you know? And um, so, um, and, and just, uh, I guess, another brief shout out. Cl- clients out there who work with me um, uh, who are listening right now, um, they know my obsession with doodling, doodling, and how I have a dry erase board in my office to explain ideas and concepts being discussed because I'm, I'm my my brain is just so visual. Um, 
But anyway, so I was flipping through uh, the, my Doctor Who notebook and I and recently, and I noticed a quote I wrote on a, on several of the pages. It was like a recurrent thing that I kept writing down um, during that two-year process. And the quote said, "The view will be worth the climb." You know, uh, there was and there was along with the quote, there were like these several chicken scratch sketches of a little stick figure sitting on on the a cartoon summit of a mountain, uh, looking over a cartoon vast horizon. I know the stick figure was supposed to be me because he had this wacky hairdo that uh, that's sort of a cartoon trademark of mine back then. Uh, and it was definitely me. My best guess is the little cartoon man was thinking, yes, this view was worth the climb. But then in thinking back in the whole experience of, of supervision, and well, really, the graduate school before that, and honestly, the schooling before that, and really the life in between and throughout all of that, <laughs> I couldn't help but think that... Um, isn't it all just a climb? We're all like heading to the summit. Uh, it's just a bunch of dots uh, connected by lines, path, you know, pathways. Uh, the summit, our direction, values. Uh, the climb, our committed action, um, that path that we take step by step. It's been years since that last doodle in that notebook, and I'm and and, and here I am, you know, years later, and I'm still climbing. But aren't we all climbing? And and as challenging as certain parts of the climb are and as precarious as some of the perches might be and as long as the, some of the stretches might be or how steep the slopes might be, there's always a step to take, a step taken, and a step in the process. And, uh, and ultimately for the, for the climb to, um, to be worth the view. Or was it the view worth the climb? I guess it, that's the cool thing is that statement can work both ways when, um, when the process is the reward rather than the result. Speaking of hiking uh, and climbing, I should say, and mountains, uh, on my rafting trip uh, through the Grand Canyon, there were a couple days where we would actually go on hikes. Um, there were three in total. Um, I was able to do two of them, but my back was really giving me a hard time for the third one, and I, and I stayed on ground level for that last one. I just, I just couldn't do it. It was just, it was rough. Some, not even going up, just coming back down was just, it was just too harsh on my back. And I guess you can say that my back was a little bit too inflexible. So, um, and that's the theme of this podcast, right? The injury due to inflexibility. Uh, but on the two hikes that I did do. Uh, they're pretty rough. Uh, not, not many chances to go uh, canyon hiking here in Miami, that's for sure. It's pretty damn flat here. It's gorgeous, but flat. So cl climbing on parts of, the, of those trails in the canyon were, were a bit of a grind. Uh, temperature didn't help. It was about 100 degrees. But don't worry. It's a dry heat, like an oven, right? Uh, and uh, then there's the heights. I think the guide said that some of the trails were about 500 feet up, which I guess is not like a big deal. But uh, for those that know me, I'm, I don't do well with heights. Uh, and the thing is, uh, th there were some of the parts of those paths that narrowed so a, a bit too too close for comfort. And it reminded you, reminded you that just how high you were. And, you know, if you stepped in the wrong spot, uh, you, you would definitely regret it. And I don't, re I really, really don't do well with heights. For those um, that have offered to go skydiving, um, it's a pretty resounding no that I give them. Uh, so, you know, um, so I would channel my inner tortoise from the tortoise and the hare and focus on slow and steady wins the race. Slow and steady wins the race as we got higher and higher in, in that elevation. Uh, one step at a time, uh, one steep step at a time. 
Uh, don't step on that rock or you will turn your ankle. Step in that footprint because someone who stepped there before, you thought it was a good spot to step. So I'm going to step in that spot also. And that t- seemed to work pretty well. Take a deep breath. Step. Keep stepping. That was basically what was going through my mind. Uh, and before I knew it, I wasn't thinking about the heat or the height or my legs or my or how tight my back was feeling or how tired I was or how, how fast my heart rate was pounding. Um you know, I was tired. That was, you know, I, I was feeling it. And, uh, but I wasn't thinking about being tired and I was just focused on my steps. My heart was pounding at some points, but I wasn't thinking about the pounding. It was, it was hot, but I wasn't thinking about the heat. And then came the views, the spectacular, incredible views. Um, how could you be tired looking at such beauty out there? Biking. Lastly, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say three words and this two particular individuals out there in the internet space are going to crack up because they know exactly the story I'm talking about. But the assault bike. Oh my God, the assault bike. I guess for those that do CrossFit out there, you know what I'm talking about too. Um, so recently I've been working out uh, with, 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 uh, with two very good friends of mine um, trying to get back into shape. I think maybe I, I had a reality check and I was, you know, I was hit um, humbly, humbly with reality with, uh, with that third hike on the, on the Grand Canyon trip that it motivated me to, to start efforting to, to do some more exercise, uh, which I've been doing recently with these two very good friends of mine. And so we've been working out a few days a week and, uh, and funny enough, they've become my therapists, uh, during these workouts as much as my workout partner. And, uh, um, particularly on this assault bike, which, uh, aptly named assault bike uh the the lesson i learned uh only after it was pointed out to me was that my mind was getting in the way like i was just i was giving up too quick or i was just giving in to the idea of being tired rather than being tired and i was thinking about not lifting enough so i was getting uh, i was kind of beating myself up and kind of getting into negative nancy mode or just not running enough and I would get kind of caught up in my self-judgment or not, or not being able to breathe enough, like where's the oxygen. Um, but especially on that damn assault bike. Uh, and, uh, it just, it was just this battle of like my ego being hurt because I just wasn't in the shape that I wanted to be in. And, and I wanted just to get straight to the results and kind of like skip the process. And because of it, I was just underperforming and really just having like this negative outlook and aversive, vibe with this workout and uh my friends uh my co-workout partners my therapists i guess you can say uh really pointed that out to me and we're, we're kind of just letting you know kind of reassuring me just focus on the workout just focus on the breathing focus on the rep you're on just do this one step at a time very much so how how i did it in the canyon and very much how i did it during those years in supervision um I might not have been enjoying the climb or, you know, or stopping b- before the view, but mostly because I was just not paying attention to each step on that hike. But w- but w- once I got into that rhythm of doing this one step at a time or when I was working out, doing it one one rep at a time, um, it all kind of just, I guess, I'm not sure I want to say easier or I just, I, I became less of an obstacle. My ego just stopped being an obstacle and that damn pedal on that damn assault bike but anyway the process versus the result so to start off let's start off with a jordan peterson quote pursue what is meaningful not what is expedient that's the seventh rule of the 12 rules of life and act 12 rules for life an anecdote to chaos 
How many times have we heard about managers and workplaces being results-oriented? I don't care what it takes, just get it done. Um, I wish my calculus teacher thought that way, uh, Mr. Mr. Rosenthal. I remember agonizing about him taking off points from problems I worked out, even though I got the right answer. He, um, he would remind me, you need to know how to do the problems the right way. I can't reward shortcuts. A theme that comes up with clients is when it when it becomes clear that an uncomfortable conversation needs to happen between the client and his or her loved one. I try to emphasize the importance of having those conversations and that it's not a matter of the conversation going your way or you winning the argument. The victory is having the conversation because that's how you do the problems the right way. There are no shortcuts. How, um, how many times do we avoid the confrontation or the conversation or the argument because we don't think it'll go, go our way because we don't want that result to be the result? We are too caught up with the results then and not the process. In a day and age of instant gratification where you can digitally download a book to your Kindle in about three seconds or order a car ride through your smartphone rather than hail a taxi or literally ask an AI personality on your phone named Siri um, to answer a question like what's the weather forecast tomorrow or the score of the football game or instantly get a recipe for the best key lime pie you can have or if to check if the new, the newest episode of your favorite podcast is up yet, we have forgotten very much about the process. It's all about the results and how quickly the results can come. It's not about the journey anymore, or the climb, or the workout. It's about the shortcuts. Uh, it's about the shortcuts and the shortest cuts, and how fast can we make the shortest cuts even shorter? But then, how do we learn to solve the problems if we no longer acquaint ourselves with the process? What if the most important result is that you engaged in the process? What would you do differently? Would you look at the ultimate result differently if you actually had to go undergo the process that took effort, that took committed action? Now for the challenge. As I continue every episode to challenge you to be uh, an active participant in your own life, um, I challenge you to put an extra effort into tuning in to the mundane or the exhausting, or the fearful, or the anxiety-provoking, like washing the dishes, trying to squeeze out five more minutes on the assault bike, walking on a narrowing trail that's about 500 feet above sea level, or about to have an uncomfortable conversation with a loved one, or about to order another boring salad for lunch, or dealing with a tantruming child. Can you simply tune in on the act? Stay in the moment. Focus on the feel of the water and soap on porcelain rather than the chore of the stack of dishes that are left to do. Tune in to the current pedaling on the back, on the bike, on the breath, and not the time left or the distance left to go. Can you tune in to the step you are taking rather than, than the next step or the increasing height of the trail? Can you tune in to the conversation and not whether who will win or who will lose, that the reward is having it, not winning it? Can you tune in to the significant step in eating another healthy meal? Can you tune into the process of modeling consistent parenting and that tolerating a long tantrum is in the service of a well-behaved child in the long run? Thank you so much for listening. I hope you subscribe. I hope you enjoy. I hope you share. And remember to email us with questions and, and or feedback and send us pictures of you listening to the podcast on your purpose-driven uh, drives. Uh, just please be safe <laughs> doing them. 
uh, and uh, remember to send in your film requests. Uh, what classic films would you like us to discuss on the podcast when we start doing our acting films episodes? Uh, you can email that at the balancing act podcast at gmail.com. I also want to thank Julio, who's the technical wizard that is making this thing happen. He has truly uh, made this uh, project coherent. Trust me, he has. Uh, this is the balancing act. I am Danny. I am thankful and take care.